unbelieving friends and loved ones. Will they look up to heaven one day and ask you these questions? Jesus told of a story of a rich man who asked that a beggar in heaven be sent to warn his brothers of the terrible place that he found himself. The terrible place all will go who do not accept the free gift of salvation through Christ. It is a hard truth. Jesus said that God loved the world so much that he sent his only son. And those who accept him will go to heaven. Those who do not will perish. Said that he was the only way to the Father. Those who accept Jesus will have eternal life. Those who do not will not have eternal life. Revelations, John sees a great white throne of judgment. All whose names are not found in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire. These are hard words to hear, but they tell us that the only way to God is by accepting the finished work of His Son, Jesus Christ. It is a hard truth that we must choose Christ for our salvation. The good news is, we get to share that.
about being ongoing, watchful, reminding them what kind of suffering Jesus suffered, reminding where we would be if Jesus did not step into the picture of God's salvation. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. That's all I wait there. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. In other words, you must have faith to believe what God has did for us on that cross. You must have faith that Jesus died on the cross. And if you do not have that kind of faith, then you have believed in vain. Because you must have the faith that Jesus came to this world, lived a perfect life, Delivered the life that we cannot live out, and then died on a cross that we deserved to die, and paying the price that we cannot pay back. For verse three says this: For what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance that Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. According to the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of us, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Let's stop right there. After that, he appeared to more than five hundred of the five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Man, that's a lot. Most of them are still living. So in that day, they were still living, but some have fallen asleep. What does Peter say about that? What does he mean by that? It means that Peter is saying that there are people who did who lived when Jesus was living on earth, when Jesus was performing miracles, when he was doing his preaching about the coming Son of Man, that the Son of Man would come, come and die on the cross, taking all of our sins, putting on himself for salvation. Even though it says that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of them are still living, though some have fallen asleep. We didn't get back to that because in Luke chapter 16, it mentions about that kind of story. But right now, it says that some have fallen asleep. Meaning, there are some people who saw Jesus 
but when really you had faith, that much faith to believe that he did come to do what he was, he planned out to do, to do the will of his father. But we will come back from, to that in the latest settings as we wrap up, because it mentions that in Luke chapter 16, verse 19, verse 19, about that kind of stuff. But let's go on and move forward, for I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Well, that's a lot to, be, to um, confess about. It says, for I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me is not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. Let me read that again. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I have persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No. I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether we have a desire or they, this is what we preach, and this is what we believe. So my number, thing, number one thing for this is holding on to the word of the gospel family is an act of standing for your faith, which is costly. I want to remind you of the gospel. It says, I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you receive on which you have taken the stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. So by this gospel, you are saved. By believing in faith in Jesus, that he did what he planned out to do, and set out to do. Rising again on the third day, and if you believe that he saved you from your sins, if you firmly hold to the word, I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. By this gospel of Jesus Christ, you are saved. If you accept his free gift of eternal life, he will pour out his grace and forgive you. Whoever, if you live your life, pleasing God, and half living for the world, you have believed in vain. You believe the whole word of God and what it says, including the full gospel message from front to back. The word of God is the word of life, which I call the Bible. The Bible, I love story for Jesus and how God meets each every person where they are at. Moving on to Paul writing to the Corinthians, 
He feels undeserving and unworthy. For I am released of the gospel, for I am released of the apostles. Do not even deserve to be called an apostle, to be called an apostle, because I have persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. So by because of the grace of God, he calls us to be his. He calls us the bride. He calls us his own. So we are who we are because of the grace of God and what he's done for us. But the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me is not without effect. No, I work hard with all of them, yet not I. By the grace of God, I was with them. Whether then it is, whether it is I or them, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. When writing his letter, Paul was on one of his last apostles to be a model for his face. Paul writes saying, I am unworthy to become an apostle. Nevertheless, Jesus calling me friend of sinners. But by the grace of God, Paul is who he is because of Christ. The same way we are who we are today because of the grace of God. You are who you are today because of God's love for you. And Paul writes deeper into his convictions about Christ. But, if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some, some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses of the God, about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but, 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 but he did not raise him. If he in fact that the dead are not raised, for the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. Verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. And those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ. We are all people most to be pitied. That's a lot. Because of what God has done for us and what we did to deserve, what deserved that God to give us another second chance to say, all right, I know you've done all this evil stuff. I know you've done all this stuff in life. I know you might think that there's nothing left in you, but fear not. I'm going to give you another second chance to come and repent of your sins and believe, because I have the patience. I want to be in a relationship with you. I want you to be with me in paradise. So God sent his son. Without Christ in our life, we are nothing. Without the saving 
grace we got, we are still dead in our sins. Without the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no freedom, and we are still dead in our sins, and there is nothing to live for. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Lost church members, go out and live the world. And say, you know what, I mean just do one, one bit of this in the Bible. And then, you know what, go live with my friends, go do stuff with my friends. It's not going to hurt. I know God might see you, but he'll forgive me. Because he says he'll always forgive me. That's not how God works. Yes, God will continue to forgive you. But if you treat God like a puppet, if you treat him like a meat, Genie. It's not how God works. You can't just go live the life and say, you know, I'm going to do this and God, I'll repent of myself and God will forgive me. That's not how God works. God works in mysterious ways. God says, I will forgive you, but you need to stop sinning. I know it's not perfect, we're not perfect. But if you stop sinning, and God will continue to pour blessings on us. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of your name. In other words, meaning, if you go out and do the things that you think are right, and your friends encourage you to do, when your school friends or busy say, well, you should totally do something that you are not completely honest with the right thing to do, even you're completely comprehended whether you should do it or not. And it's something you shouldn't be doing, because if you're guessing whether it's God or not, then I guess you shouldn't be doing it. But because of God's watching, whether your friends encourage you to smoke drugs, date that person because that person is hot. But when they dare, slash encourage you to do that, is that pleasing inside of God? When you date someone, date for the right reason. It's what's on the heart of Mary. Is that person God on? Because really, most people don't want to hear the honest truth. But it's true when on the topic of relationship that most people fail at the end, fail at, and it's the top five reasons relationships fail. Don't judge people based on how they look on the outside. It's what's on the inside that matters. They may be square foot in appearance on the outside, but the heart is honorable on the side of God. Or that person may be beautiful and hidden from the, on the appearance, but they may be mean on the side of God. And how we have got made, and you want to do a relationship with work. So, if you want to know how God wants relationships to work, and how he made it for us, so it's because it's honorable to him. Is it honorable to him? Jesus read the Bible, just read the Bible, God must send that honorable person into your life. 
that he wants you to be with, a godly man, a woman, but because there is, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are made whole, completely, one body, united with Christ. Because of the gospel, we are changed forever. Our faith is sealed with Christ. Because of Jesus' resurrection, death is defeated. And if only this life, and if only this life we have in Christ, we are all people most to be pitied. What, is, what, what, what in the heck is Paul talking about? We fall short, no matter how small, how strong we are, everything can be equal with God. We fall short of God's glory, no matter what we did, even do now. So, our choices we make, that we make now, will affect our eternal destiny. The choice and decision that we make in the next hour will affect who we are tomorrow. Or tonight, our choices and decisions and behavior will affect us towards others and saying, Oh, I thought he was that, but according to what's seen in how he behaves or how she behaves, that's not how she acts if she is told if he or she is a Christian. So our choices we make now will affect our eternal destiny. In Luke, in the parable we see Lazarus, a rich man who made choices of his own that affect his eternal destiny. So if you have your Bible, we're going to switch over to Luke chapter 16, and we're going to read this. And it says this, there was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus covered his sores was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with water. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table. But instead, the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day, the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died was buried and being in torment in Hades called hell. He looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on him and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger. Yes, says, send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I live in agony in this way. Son Abraham said, remember that during your life, you 
receive your good things, just as Lazarus received bad things. But now, he is comforted here, while you are in agony. Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between you, between us and you, so that those who went who want to pass over from you to you cannot, neither can those from there cross over to us. Father, he says, I beg you to send him to my father's house. Because I have also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, they should listen to them. No father, Abraham, he said, But if anyone, but if someone from the dead, but if someone from the dead goes to them, though they will repent. But he told him, if they don't listen to Moses in the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. That's a lot to, that's a lot to cover right there, just one chapter. But it says, So we have a rich man, and fine lemons, and purple, Feasting Lazarus every day. But a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table. But instead, the dogs would come and lick his sores. Just not right there. The rich man. The rich man had food on his table, but the poor man sat there, lying when fell from the tables to eat it. So the rich man had no heart to um, take care of the poor man that was at his table. He had everything going to this chapter so that Going to Abraham, we receive good things. He used to receive a lot of things. But not once to take time out of his life to take care of someone. To make them well and say, here, let me take care of you. You must be hungry. Let me go take care of you. And instead, he ignored the poor man from the table who was hungry and kept selling and feasting his food to other people. So after all that, the rich man dies, well the poor man dies first in the Bible, and then the rich man dies after. And then the rich man is in hell, and then we find that the poor man is comforted at Abraham's side. He is comforted at Abraham's side. So we see that Abraham, we see that Lazarus, which means had no pity on the poor man 
But once everything's done, covered over, and we see Lazarus in hell, tormented, being naked, we see that Lazarus asks Abraham, thinking that maybe Lazarus, maybe the point is to give me some water. Why is he giving food in the first place? The poor man, he asked Abraham to come and dip his finger in water so he can put it under my tongue so that I can stop being naked. But Abraham says, no, there's a chasm between you and me and us that no one can get through. No one can get from that place to this place. There's a chasm set already. There's a final destiny in your life that is set for you. The choices that you make in life, whether you believe that God is real or whether you believe God is not real, is your choice. But the truth is, life, you don't have life forever. Life is short. Life is not eternal. You live a life, people come to you and say, you have people in your life who come to you saying, doing these things, and you have people over here saying, oh no, it's okay to do those stuff. It's okay to live the world, it's okay to live peace with the world. The Bible says we will have tribulation. We will have wars. We will have anger. We will have anxiety and depression. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. In other words, he defeated death. He defeated everything that the world could ever come by. Saying, I have reigned. I am ruling over and over again. I will reign on earth and heaven forever and forever. Amen. But for you, you have a choice to make. Look at your life, saying, do I have friends who do not have believe in God? Don't assume, by the way, you act around them, thinking, oh, they must be Christians, or they would have said if I believed in Jesus. The question to you is, have you told your friends about Jesus? Have you acted? A lifestyle that is pleasing to Jesus. Have you lived a life? Have you come to the conclusion I need to go and live a life that the world sees fits for me to live, or what God wants me to live? So, we continue at the end of chapter 19. It says this. At that time, chapter 19, it says, Lazarus was saying to Abraham, Go and send someone to my father's house, as I am in this torment, to warn them about this place. And Father Abraham says, no, 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 can do. You had your chance. You had your chance. 
about the choices you made in life, your way of saying. In the scripture, you had you had a chance to live a life. You had a chance to feed this poor man as confident now. You had a chance to turn up, be kind to other people. But you were so rich in your own ways that you couldn't even bear to take care of this poor man at your table. And Abraham says, But whoever, you have Moses and the prophets, and they will listen. And Lazarus says, No, go and send someone to warn them. But Abraham says this, which I said we will go back to First Corinthians about this. But Abraham says, If they do not believe, then their faith is nothing. Because, it, because Lazarus, because Abraham says, if they do not believe Moses and the prophets, then they will not believe a dead person coming back from life. In this world, the same is seeing is believing. For some people, seeing is not believing. But for most Christians, faith is believing. Faith, if you have faith, then you believe. And that's what everyone's stating. Saying right now, have faith. They, if they have enough faith, they will believe. But if they do not, then the faith is nothing because even the dead men coming back to life, they won't listen to them. They won't listen to a dead person because it's the faith, believing in faith, and believing what Jesus has told us and what He's done for us. Because all of us were not there when Jesus was at the cross, when Jesus was on trial with Pilate. We have to have the faith that it happened. We have to have the faith. And Jesus did die on the cross. We have to have the faith. So let me tell you a quick story before we wrap up. Have you um, this year? It was a story back then in my old church. It was a luncheon, graduation luncheon. But um, we had a speaker for the we had a speaker at the old church for a graduation luncheon for the, for, the, for the seniors and I heard a friend of mine from the, from the church told me about this that they brought in a speaker and he was talking about life goals and the choices that you will make in life and will be pleasing to God and he talked about heaven and hell and then and then he said, go tell people about hell, go tell your friends about hell, yes, that is a place. And tell them about heaven, that it is a place. And tell them about Jesus Christ. And then this one girl piped up, he said, my friend says, ask them to speak a question, saying, what if, um, I'm trying to phase it. 
the other believers who sacrificed their own soul for the gospel. You want to be, you want to be in a perfect marriage, a relationship? I can tell you how. Spending a relationship with God the Father, because it's written, God lived a perfect life that we could never live out. He is perfect and sufficient for our salvation. Through Him we are saved. If we believe with Him, if we believe with faith that He is who He says He is, coming into this world, dying of death that we deserve, and paying the price that we cannot pay back, then resurrecting, then resurrecting on the third day, defeating sin and death. So as we wrap up, wait, wait, wait. What are your choices in your life? What is your destiny? What are your goals in life? For your friends at school, what are your main goals for your life to live out before you die like Jesus? And Jesus says, everyone will die and comes a judgment. Everyone's appointed to die and then the judgment. So everyone you know, at school, the friends you hang out with, the people that you draw close to, neighbors, co-workers, anyone that you see each and every day of your life, they will die. And then the judgment. So, are you going to have the faith that Peter says, in First Corinthians, to live a life and go and deliver and spread the news to your friends and family, to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to anyone that you see, because it's coming when life is short. You don't know when you will die, and you will not know the day that you will die. But what you die, it's over. Your life is completely over. Then it's time to die. And then you will meet God. And He will give you the final account of your times on earth. Whether it's pleasing to God or whether you live a worthless life on earth. Living for the world. But truthfully, Jesus is here for you. He died the death that we He died the death that we deserve and paying the ultimate price for our salvation. And for those who do never believe in God, who have heard little about Jesus, who need to rededicate their life, now is the time to do so. Because look at your life. I encourage you, I dare you, to look at your life right now and say, the things I have done, the choices I've made, the people I've met, was it glorifying the God? Did I live a Christ-like example to those people? Did I share my actions and my faith to those? To them, but that I am a Christian, did I behave like that? I dare you and I strongly encourage you to go 
talk to those people around you and get to know them and hear the story and how they how their life is compared to yours is open up to them about the gospel because like the story my friends said at my old church when they had that graduation lunch for the seniors in high school the speaker says are you more afraid of losing your friend or are you more scared of losing them to hell let's pray Father God we thank you for tonight we come to you tonight asking you um, deliver us from the evil one deliver the evil out of our lives Father God come on this day make us new again Father God and forgive us of our sins that we committed let your light shine in us Father God help us to commit to you help us to spread the news of your salvation to others around us help us to get out of our comfort zone and to go to people Go to people that we see each and every day, hang out with, and tell them about you. Because you're the only one that matters. You're the only one that we're living for. No one else. Because here on earth, nothing we are living for but you only God. This is is our home temporary. But when you call us home, you are forever. Lord, help us to have a strong faith. Help us to have faith in you, God. Pour your salvation on us, Father God. Set our soul on fire for you, God. Let your light shine in us to us around you that you are who you say you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.